the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Peter is blinded by his pride. You would think Jesus saying what he said so bluntly in verse 34 would make Peter melt into a heap and throw himself at the feet of Jesus, begging for mercy, begging for help. Oh, I don't want to deny you. I don't want to deny you. Help me, God. You got to help me. You got to help me. But Peter instead is overly confident in himself. Peter's pride and self-confidence is the first step that led to Peter denying the Lord. A baby doesn't learn to walk all in one day or by taking one big step. Instead, the baby walks through taking small multiple steps over a period of time. Unfortunately, the same could be said about the lack of faith that's sometimes found in the Christian's life. Slowly but surely, there's a movement away from Jesus. Pastor Dan's message today outlines those steps of the Apostle Peter that caused his denial of Jesus. It's a dangerous thing when you start believing more in yourself than the creator of the universe. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going verse by verse through the New Testament, currently in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Now, we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 26. We made it to verse 69, where it says, Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so he went out and he wept bitterly. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today and speak to us. Lord, I pray also that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus was arrested in Gethsemane. It was nighttime. He was arrested under the cover of darkness by a great multitude of soldiers and temple guards and religious leaders. 
He will go through six trials the night of his arrest, three religious trials followed by three civil trials. After his arrest, he was brought first to the house of Annas, who was the former high priest and was really the the power over Judaism. Annas then sent Jesus to Caiaphas, the high priest at that time. And all of the religious leaders were gathered together at the palace of Caiaphas, the high priest. And that's where this story about Peter takes place in the courtyard of Caiaphas's palace. In our passage, Peter denies the Lord. In fact, he denies knowing Jesus completely, even cursing and swearing while he denied the Lord. And so the question, obviously, that we ask is, what happened to Peter? How did Peter get here? Where he denied that he even knew Jesus Christ. After all, it was Peter who made that wonderful profession of faith in Jesus Christ at Caesarea Philippi in Matthew chapter 16, when he said of Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And now Peter denies knowing him at all. So what happened to Peter? Well, Peter's denial didn't just happen. It didn't just happen out of nowhere. You know, people usually don't fall into sin or fall into denying the Lord Jesus Christ. It's rare for a believer to just suddenly decide one day to deny Jesus. Just kind of turn against him out of the blue. There's usually a progression of steps leading up to the denial of Jesus. Steps that you can go back and you can retrace and see how they ended up at a place where they deny the Lord. Peter had a progression of steps that led him to denying Jesus. And we can trace his steps, or we might call them his missteps. To begin with, look back at verse 31. Look back at verse 31. This is earlier the same evening. Jesus said to his disciples, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered Jesus and said to him, not that Jesus asked a question. He was just making a statement. But Peter answers him and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus told the disciples they will all forsake him that night, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus will be struck, the sheep will scatter, and Peter disagreed with Jesus. Peter disagreed with Jesus, saying, I'll never be made to stumble. All your other disciples might stumble because of you, but not me. Peter disagreed with what Jesus said. Jesus goes on in verse 34 and he says directly to Peter, assuredly, I say to you that this night, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Jesus tried to warn Peter of what's to come later that evening. And instead of showing humility and contriteness at the words of Jesus, Peter doubles down. No way, Lord. I'll die before I deny you. Peter, listen, Peter was prideful. Peter was 
prideful. He had a highly inflated opinion of himself, his merits, and his abilities. He has such an inflated view of himself that he is disputing with Jesus Christ. Think about that. He's arguing with Jesus over what Jesus said about him. No way. Peter is blinded by his pride. You would think Jesus saying what he said so bluntly in verse 34 would make Peter melt into a heap and throw himself at the feet of Jesus, begging for mercy, begging for help. Oh, I don't want to deny you. I don't want to deny you. Help me, God. You got to help me. You got to help me. But Peter instead is overly confident in himself. Peter's pride and self-confidence is the first step that led to Peter denying the Lord. He's prideful and he's arrogant. And he is so prideful and arrogant that he does not believe the words of Jesus. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says, A man's pride will bring him low. And Peter's pride brought him low. In Romans chapter 12, Paul warns us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but rather think of ourselves with sober judgment. The Bible tells us in our flesh dwells no good thing, and we should place absolutely no confidence in our flesh. Peter was fully confident in his flesh. He was so confident that he would never even deny the Lord. And it's his confidence in his flesh, his confidence in himself and his ability that will lead him to his fall. Pride. Psalm 103 says, God knows how weak we are and he remembers that we are only dust. We're just dust. We're just dirt. Bunch of dirt bags is all that we are. We don't remember that we're dust. But God remembers that we're dust. We don't realize how weak we really are, but God knows how weak we really are. And so if God warns us in his word about something regarding us and our weakness, well, we should take heed to his word. God knows what he's talking about. And so Peter's first step down the path of denying Jesus Christ was his pride. His self-confidence, his overconfidence in himself. Next, we have Peter's second step down the path of denying Jesus in verse 36. Verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter And the two sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, Peter, James, and John, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked them to watch and pray, and he finds them sleeping. And he said specifically to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Look what he says in verse 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, 
your will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Back in verse 38, Jesus asked Peter, James, and John to stay with him and watch and pray. But instead of watching and praying, Peter fell asleep. Peter was sleeping when he should have been watching and praying. Peter was sleeping when he should have been watching and praying. And the word watch here to watch, it means to be vigilant, to be alert, to be awake, to pay attention. And we find this instruction to watch several times in the New Testament. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Watch, be vigilant, be alert, be awake, pay attention, stand fast in the faith, hold your ground, hold your position in Christ, be brave and be strong. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. There are those that are sleeping spiritually right now. And here Paul says, Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. The word be sober means to be clear headed, watch, be alert, be vigilant, be awake, paying attention to what's going on and be sober, be clear minded. It's used here in Thessalonians literally to speak of being sober from alcohol. Don't get drunk, he's saying. Christians shouldn't get drunk. Keep a clear mind. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant. That word vigilant is the same word as watch. Be vigilant, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Isn't it interesting that Peter wrote that verse? The Holy Spirit, of course, gave it to him. But it's Peter who pins, be sober, have a clear mind about yourself and your weakness. Be vigilant, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is looking for Christians who are not sober-minded and who are not vigilant, who are not watchful. And I say that it's interesting that Peter, of all people, pinned that verse because in Luke's gospel, in Luke 22, Jesus said to Peter on this night, he said to him, Simon, Simon, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. Simon, Simon, Satan wants to come after you this night. And then he says later to Peter, watch and pray. And Peter will fail 
And later, Peter will write, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Ask me how I know. Right. Look at verse 41. Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Watching and praying keeps us from giving in to the temptation to sin. Watching and praying protects us from falling. Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And instead of watching and praying, which would have protected him, Peter instead slept. And that night he fell. Now, listen, listen, give me your attention. Pride and prayerlessness often go together. Prideful people are usually prayerless people because prideful people believe they are self-sufficient and they don't need God's help with anything. They're convinced they can do it on their own. That's why they don't pray. I got this. Praying people know they need God's help. They know they're weak. They know they're insufficient. They know they cannot do it on their own. They know they are helpless apart from Jesus Christ. That's why they pray. In the book of Revelation, the believers in Laodicea were prideful and they thought they were self-sufficient. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus said to the Laodiceans, You say, I am rich. I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. They thought they had it all together. We've got need of nothing. We've provided everything we need for ourselves. And then Jesus said, but you don't know that you're actually wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You think you have it all together. You think you have need of nothing. You think you got it. But actually, the opposite is true. You're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind and naked. And you don't even know it. You're not even aware of it. Their pride blinded them to their true condition. The Laodicean church was prideful and self-confident. And they're also the church that was lukewarm. I think there's a connection there. Colossians 4.2 says we should pray continually. Continually? Yes, because apart from Christ, we can do what? Nothing. See, you guys know. You know, apart from Christ, you can do nothing. That should drive us to prayer. We should pray continually. And really, prayer should be the biggest part of your Christian walk and my Christian walk. Prayer implies a dependence upon God. Prayerlessness implies a dependence upon self. And so Peter's first step toward denying the Lord was pride, believing he was sufficient in himself to not deny the Lord. It's never going to happen, even though Jesus told him it's going to happen. Never going to happen. Not me. His second step was prayerlessness, sleeping when he should have been watching and praying. His next step toward denying the Lord is when Judas came with a great multitude to arrest Jesus in verse 50. Look at verse 50. Judas comes with this great multitude of soldiers and religious leaders to arrest Jesus. In verse 50, Jesus said to Judas, friend, why have you come? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand, 
drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. And we know that was Peter. But Jesus said to him, to Peter, put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must happen thus? Peter pulls out his sword, his dagger, and he begins just swinging away, and he cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest, a man named Malchus, and Jesus promptly healed the ear of Malchus. But look at verse 54 again, what Jesus says about what's going down, what's happening. How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? Jesus says to Peter, put your sword away. This is the plan, Peter. This is God's plan. This is God's plan as explained in the scriptures, Peter, the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus would be condemned and crucified on a cross for the sins of mankind to redeem man and reconcile us to God. The cross was God's plan. It was God's plan of redemption. From before the foundation of the world, the Bible says this has always been the plan. The scriptures tell us this is the plan. Plus, on at least four occasions, Jesus told his disciples, including Peter, that this is the plan. This is how it's going to go down when we get to Jerusalem. For example, in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus told his disciples, behold, listen to this. We are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and discourage and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. That's a pretty precise explanation of what will happen when they get to Jerusalem. This is the plan. Fellas, when we get to Jerusalem, here's what's going to happen. I'll be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes, They will condemn me to death. I'll be delivered over to the Gentiles. They're going to mock me, scourge me, and crucify me. And the third day, I'll rise again. Got it? Everybody got it? This is what's going to happen once we get into the city. This is the plan, Peter. The scriptures tell us this is the plan. I've told you more than four times that this is the plan. Listen, listen. Peter is just out of step with God's will. He's just out of step with God's will. He's out of step with God's word. He's out of step with God's plan. Peter is reacting to the situation in his flesh. He's reacting to the situation uh, emotionally, just hacking away with his sword. No thought of what's the plan? What is God doing? What does his word say? What has Jesus said? Just reacting in the flesh, reacting emotionally, swinging his sword. Maybe he thought Jesus would be proud of him for fighting against those soldiers, but Peter was actually fighting against God's plan and didn't realize it. And sometimes we can fight against God's plan for us because we're emotional or we're in the flesh and we're fighting against what God is actually trying to do in our lives. And this isn't the only time Peter fought against God's plan, as you know. In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus first told his disciples 
that he must go to Jerusalem and be crucified and raised the third day. First time he told them. New information here. I got something very important I want to share with you. And he shares it with them. And Matthew 16, 22 says, Peter, listen to this, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. He asked me how I know and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.